Chofetz Chaim al Atayra, Parshas Dvarim. Pasuk says, Rav lochem, soy vesahor hazep, nu lochem tzfoyno. One Pasuk later, altis garubom. Chofetz Chaim brings a medrash. Imroisem oisoy, if you see him, meaning if you see Esau, shem is vakesh lehiz gariz bochem, that wants to attack you, wants to antagonize you, don't stand against him. Hide yourself from him. Where should we run? Run to the Torah. Says the Chofetz Chaim on this Medrash. The Torah is teaching us not to stand against the Goyim, even when they antagonize us, even when they provoke us, even when they attack us. We should follow the footsteps of Yaakov Avinu in his fight against Esav. So what did Yaakov Avinu do when he fought against Esav, when he met Esav and he thought Esav may want to kill him? The Ramban in Vayishlach says, says the Chofetz Chaim, Sheyesh Pezeh Remez L'Doyreis. This is the beginning of Vayishlach. Ki kol ha-she'ira lo'avinu im Esav ochiv, ye'ara lonu tomid im b'nei Esav. Everything that happened with Yaakov and Esav is going to happen to Yaakov's children with Esav's children, meaning us and the Goyim. V'roi lonu lechois bedarkoi shal tzadik. We should follow in the way of the tzadik, Yaakov Avinu. And shenaz we should prepare ourselves l'shloishes dvorim shehiz minasatzme for the three things that Yaakovinu prepared himself for l'tfila l'doyron. And what was the third thing? L'molchama, right? But says the Ramban, he explains what this means. You see, when I say to you, prepare for molchama, it can mean two things. It can mean prepare for war. Means get your sword. I mean, prepare for a war and get your passport. Says the Ramban. What does it mean? Yaakov prepared Litfilo Ludirun Ulahatsola Derech Melchoma Lebroyach Vilhi Notzel to prepare for a war to run away. Ad Kanlashon of the Ramban. So we need to prepare for Tfila, for Dairun to bribe them, to negotiate with them to give them presents and buy our way out of trouble or for milchama, meaning to run away. Those are our options. Should there ever happen to be any fight, any violence, any problems with the Goyim. V'hinei says the Chofetz Chaim. Kol zman shehalachnu b'derech ha'kavusha ha'zoi sitzilonu ha'kadish baruch hu miyodom. Since all the time, it means 2,000 years he's talking, that Klal Yisrael followed this derech, the derech of Yaakov Vinu and Parshas Vayishlach, and as we all know, whenever the Chachomim met with uh, Goyish rulers in order to negotiate with them against Gezeris, they would always chaza the Parsha Vayishlach, uh, Yaakov meeting Esau, in order to chaza their uh, plan of, of action. And says the Chafetz Chaim, as long as we follow this, Hashem saved us from the Goyim. We are still alive, and as we know, the bigger and more powerful nations that persecuted us, they're gone. And Klal Yisrael survived, and it's a derech nes, but it's because we follow the Torah's instructions, which we just heard. However, says the Chafetz Chaim, but since recently, he says, the Chafetz Chaim, I don't know exactly when he wrote it, Chafetz Chaim was Nifta 1933, so it's around then. Um, since new ideas came up, a new Zerachim came up, that people decided that they have to do something different than what we've been doing for 2,000 years, Ozvu Neshek Avinu, they abandoned the weapon of our father Yaakov Avinu, Va'ochzu Bekli Kerev Shal and instead, they adopted the weapons of our enemy, Esav. They decided we're going to fight back against the Goyim. We're going to stand up to them, and then they're going to leave us alone, or we're going to beat them, or at least we'll go down fighting, some such thing. 
since we started such a mahalach, halachnu haloich vechasor, we got worse and worse for us, umatsunu rois rabois vetsores, and we have a lot of problems and tsores. Yerachem Hashem al amenu, v'yoshiv shoftenu kvarishoyna. That's the Chofetz Chaim and Parshas Dvorm. So the Chofetz Chaim is saying that for 2,000 years, we've feared Zuch one way in the way we deal with antagonistic Goyish nations, and now suddenly there comes up these people that have a new Mahalach that say what we've been doing for 2,000 years they don't want to do. They want to do something new. They want to stand up against the Goyim. They want to show the Goyim that we're strong or they actually want to be strong and they want to fight. And since that happened, we've had tremendous source. And again, I don't know exactly what the Chafetz Chaim said this or wrote this, but since then, it was terrible. Obviously, it's World War II and all the, the Tsaurus we've had. And the Chafetz Chaim was giving us a dire warning. Hold on. We don't expect anything. The Torah says so. In other words, it's not a question of always. I will give you a motion. I wrote this in my book. If you're swimming in the ocean and a shark comes, so they'll tell you, punch the shark in a vulnerable spot as hard as you can. It doesn't mean you'll be safe, but that's your best shot. If, however, you meet a grizzly bear, don't try punching him in a vulnerable spot. Him, you play dead. There's no guarantee it's going to work either. But the best chances you have are following that mahalach. Now, the question is, we understand if you meet a grizzly bear, and if you meet a shark, you have to do two different things, because it's a teva. Every uh, enemy has its teva, right? Klal Yisrael are not the goyim. That's the idea. This Rebbe Chonon explains what works for them doesn't work for us. Esav got a bracha al char meaning whoever has a bigger sword is stronger. Yaakovinu didn't get a bracha al char The teva of the relationship between Yidin and Goyim is more, in Golos, l'chol is more similar to the interaction between a grizzly bear and a human being rather than a shark and a human being. So this is the advice of Chazal, and this has kept us all alive. Now, we know that there were people that were trying to implant within Klal Yisrael a new mahalach, and the Chafetz Chaim was being moicha, and uh, gave us a stern warning. Now we have, maybe 60, 70 years later, from Rav Shach in Mechtovamu Maimorim. He discusses the same thing. But instead of what the Chofetz Chaim says, that there's this new ideas coming up, he's talking like two, two and a half days later. Here's what he says. Today, unfortunately, it hurts to see Kiaf Talmidei Chachomim Rabonim, tzadikim, enum chadurim bahavona zu, ki yeshlonu derech mishalonu. Even talmide chachomim, even rabonim, even tzadikim, don't understand that we have our own derech in dealing with animosity of the goyim. Michad Gisa, he's talking about Israel now, poilim neged haumoisim is gorim bohem. They do actions against the goyim and they antagonize them. His Goros is from that, that Posuk, that Medrash. V'choyshvim letumom, and they, they think, Hein onu yachsonim kemoyhem, veinenu pchusei dargameihem. We're not worse than the Goyim, we're, we're yachsonim just like the Goyim. Ve'loma yigra chalkenu, why should we be treated differently than everybody else? We're also people, we're also a country. We're also a nation. Why should we subjugate ourselves to them? Why should we bow to them? Yaakov bowed to Esau. That's what he did over there. Why should we bow to the Goyim? We're Yachsonim like them. America America says this and we'll fife them on and we'll say whatever we want. From the other hand, they dance in front of them and they chant for them. Now, what happened 60, 70 years between the time the Chafetz Chaim said this for 2,000 years, we were fearing Zuch one way, and we, we survived, and it worked. The Torah says it will. There's no question. 
Suddenly, in the days of the Chafetz Chaim sometime, there were these new people trying to tell us that what Chazal say and what Klal Yisrael has did for thousands of years to the secret of survival, we should ignore. And we should be like the Goyim. And two and a half years later, Rav Shach says, suddenly, Talmidei Chachomim, Tzadikim. This was said in 1990, by the way, this Rav Shach. Over 30 years ago. Talmidei Chachomim, Tzadikim, and Rabbonim don't know this. What happened? There was a Hashkofa that was wiped out of Klal Yisrael. Not out, completely out, Rav Shach knew it. But Tzadikim do not. Rabbonim do not. Talmidei Chachomim do not. So if you have a Talmud Chachom in the days of Rav Shach 30 years ago, let's say it was a Talmud Chachom then, today, maybe he's a uh, Zokain already. He does not, he did not know this. I said, well, how is a Talmud Chachom not know? No, Rav Shach says, Talmidei Chachomim did not know this. Rabbonim, Tzadikim even. What happened? What happened in 60, 70 years? It started in the days of the Chafetz Chaim. So he says, Chadoshim Mikar of Bo, and by the days in time of Rav Shach, Tzadikim Tamini Chachomim and Rabbonim Enim Chadurim and it hurts, he says. They don't know this. For 2,000 years, this was fine. In the days of the Chafetz Chaim, something started, and suddenly, boom. What happened with Zionism? These were the Zionists that started this. And this Hashkafa and many other Hashkafas were deliberately targeted by these people called Zionists to be torn out of Klal Yisrael and to change. Elsewhere, Rav Shach says, again, same idea, that how in Golos we have to be machnia ourselves to the Goyim. This is what keeps us safe. Now listen to what he says. I see, he says, they, they took from Goyesha places, not from the Torah, these ideas, these new ideas about how they want to protect themselves from Goyim. Royani, I see. I see how great the words of the G'daylum were from the previous generations, what they saw from the beginning. How much the Zionist idea has influenced. And it has... Uh, captured the hearts and the minds of many Shlume Amune Yisrael. Shlume Amune Yisrael means Erol Chayidin. means people go, it's from a Pasuk. It means Choshevayidin. Zionism has captured the hearts. And we're not talking about people who give up Torah and put away, throw away their tefillin. People think Zionism it requires people to throw away their tefillin off the boat. Otherwise, it's not Zionism. No, 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 no. These are Shlume Amune Yisrael. These are Erol Chafrum Yidin. These are Talmide Chachomim Tzadikim. Rabbonim, and here's Shlomi Amunei Yisrael. This one Hashkafa he's talking about right here, this was 2,000 years, Klal Yisrael's secret of survival, and then in the days of the Chafetz Chaim, the beginning of Zionism, they decided, no, we don't like that, this is bad, we're going to change it, we're going to change it, and by the time Rav Shach wrote this, a couple of years later, boom, it's forgotten. How, men, how much the G'daylei Torah saw Ad and these Yidden, these Shlume Amoni Yisrael, these Erlecha Choshev Yidden, don't suspect and they don't feel They don't even realize, they don't even suspect that what they're saying is against the Torah. So not only did they tear something out of the Torah, they tore it out in such a way that nobody even knows that it exists. Not nobody. We're talking about the Shlomo Emunah Yisrael, who Rav Shach is talking about, the Tzadikim, the Rabbonim, the Talmidei Chachamim, who they don't even know that it exists. They don't even realize that. It's, imagine that. This has never happened in history, by the way. And in such a short amount of time, Yisoydis like this have been torn out of Klal Yisrael. They, they don't even realize that these things exist. This is Zionism. Zionism is a, is a hashkafa, or really a set of hashkafas. 
that a bunch of people called the Zionists had, and they targeted Klal Yisrael, they targeted these Hashkafas for elimination and for replacement with new Hashkafas. That's what Zionism is, beginning and end, end of story. A various different Hashkafas. This is one of them. How Klal Yisrael protects itself, keeps itself safe. There are others as well. But all of the Hashkafas um, stem from one key Hashkafa. They're all anofim, they're all branches. The root is one Hashkafa. And that's to change the touch of what it is to be a Yid. Rav Sajigoin said, we, all, we, we think we know what it means to be a Yid. Well, think again. Rav Sajigoin wrote, Big Yisoid, Ein umoiseinu umo el What makes Klal Yisrael Klal Yisrael? And at the same time, I'm going to ask, what makes a Goyesha nation a Goyesha nation? What makes the French French? So what makes the French French is uh, France, the country, um, the French language, French fries or French toast, whatever their culture is, right? I know that's really not French, but you know. It's a land, language, and culture, and things like that. Common history, the common experiences they share. And the same thing for the Chinese and the Americans and the Mexicans, but not for Klal Yisrael. None of these things make Klal Yisrael Klal Yisrael. They don't speak the same language. They don't have to. They don't have to live in the same land. They don't have to have a common culture, certainly not. Only one thing makes Klal Yisrael Klal Yisrael, and that's the Torah. That's it. As the Pesach says, the Gemara says, referring to Harsinai, Today you became an Am by Kabbalah Satayra. Before Kabbalah Satayra, we know there's Machloikis, if the Ovois had a Din Benoyach or a Din Yisrael, but Klal Yisrael didn't exist as an Am, before Kabbalah Satara, the Torah made us into Klal Yisrael. And that's the only thing that makes us an Am. That means like this, that what's considered a good Frenchman? What's considered a real... There are two people, they're both French, but one's more French than the next. One's a better French, one's a schwache French. And one's an enemy of the French, and one's a friend of the French. What determines all of these things? Well, if you're more uh, loyal to the country, you're more, more loyal to the language, to the culture, the people, right? All of that. If you're friends of the country, you're friends of the French. If you're friends of the, uh, if you support the things that make French people French, you're a friend of the French. By Klal Yisrael, it's all the Torah. If you're loyal to the Torah, you're a loyal Jew. If you're not loyal to the Torah, you're not a loyal Jew, you're Shvach a Jew. Nothing else counts in the Cheshben. Just the Torah. The Zionists wanted to change this too. They said clear that they're, they're not unhappy that uh, being a loyal Jew means somebody's loyal to the Torah. No, 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 no. Uh, we want to change what it means to be a Jew. We want that you know what it means to be a good Jew? If you, you're good for the, to the Ummah, to the people. If you're loyal to the people, even if you're not from or anything, that makes you a good Jew. You're one of our friends. You're... you're our people. You're an enemy if you're, you're, you don't like the Jewish people. You, like the, you, you don't like the Torah, it doesn't matter. It has to do with the people, like the French. Now, what is the one hashkafa that, from which stems all these little hashkafas that they wanted to change? This idea, what's a Jew? They said, no, it's not true a Jew is an Amha Torah. You, you, you want to be religious, yeah, you want to be from, be from. That's not Negea. The Greeks had a religion too. They had an Avoy de Zora Zeus. The Vikings had an Avoy de Zora Odin. Every Am had an Avoy de Zora, right? The Jews have a religion also. Gesunta hate. They didn't care about that. I mean, they, they, they would be very happy if we wouldn't be from because it's all Stussum to them and it's all bad. And in fact, the, the Frumkite, they said, caused problems for Klal Yisrael. Two things, the Frumkite and the Golos, made Jews disgusting. They made Jews disgusting. The Jews are immoral. Jews are, are nuts. They said they're nasty people, bad people. They're not interested in normal things. Normal people are interested in art, science, architecture, um, they, uh, sports, things like that. But the Jews aren't. The Jews are nuts. 
Mamleches Kehanim Vegoy Kodosh. All they care is is Gemara Rashi Toisvus. All they care about. What kind of they're crazy people? And in the olden days, they said, saying in the Tzkufa that the Zionists were talking, the Jews had an opportunity for the first time in thousands of years to be part of society, because there was the Enlightenment and the emancipation, and the Jews could be free if they want. They could be part of society, but they don't want to. There was a, a secular historian. He had a very good vart. He said that the locks on the inside of the ghetto walls, ghetto door, excuse me, the locks on the inside of the ghetto door were there before the locks on the outside. Meaning this, that they didn't let Klal Yisrael mingle, mingle into the society, we didn't have a problem with that. We put locks on the inside of the ghetto. We didn't want anything to come in. Right? In this week's parsha, Adam Harishan was given love dole shamra to Ganadin. Frek the Gro, what is he watching it from? Who's going to steal anything? So he said, the Sotan, the Nochash, excuse me, shouldn't come in. Now he's mechuyiv to make sure the Nochash doesn't come in. Once the Nochash comes in, he's, you know, up the creek. They made sure that the Goyishkeit would not come into the Jewish society. That's why the Goyim didn't want us to mingle with them. They didn't give us uh, the equal rights to be like the Goyim. When the Yidin went down to Goshen, we said we were sheep uh, herders. And that, that was a very low uh, umnus by the Egyptians, right? They worshipped them, the, the sheep. But it doesn't matter. We just want to be a mamleches kaihanim v'gaikadosh. Leave us to our, our, our gemara. Leave us to avoid this Hashem. And then everything, we're not interested in anything else. Is that normal, said these Zionists, these kaifrim? Is this normal? This is how it started, Zionists. This is normal. This is nuts. They have opportunities, the Jews. They can go to college. They're smart people, the Jews. Uh, the Kain Gadol, Yeshu Ben Gamla, made a rule that they have uh, compulsory education in the days of the Beis HaMikdash. Any year that didn't have a Tinoik Yishel Beis Rabon, Machriv Menoisoi, Machriv Menoisoi. And the Goyim weren't uh, educated like the Jews. They didn't have compulsory education until the 1800s. But, but still, they're not interested in being normal. So first, these assimilationists, these guys, they decided they're going to, that's it, they're going to assimilate. They're just going to be like the Goyim. But guess what? You know the Beis HaLevi's vote, right? Just said it a couple hours ago. Says the Beis HaLevi, what's the pshat? Says, just like Ben Orla Choshech, that, you know, uh, a few months ago, the days were very long and the nights were very short. Now, the days are getting shorter and the nights are getting longer. But as the night gets longer, the days get shorter. They never mix. So, too, the separation between Yidin and Goyim worked that way, too. The closer the Goyim get, just like the more the day it croaches in the night, the more the night shrinks in order to make room for the day, so to speak. So too, the more the Jews get close to the Goyim, the more the Goyim run away, and the anti-Semitism comes. When the Jews stay away and don't try to assimilate, then the Goyim will leave you alone. But as soon as they try to assimilate, then it's going to get worse, and history shows that that's exactly what happened. And what happened over here for these assimilationists that wanted the Jews to be like the Goyim, uh, what happened was pogroms. In the late 1800s, uh, they tried to be like the Goyim, and Russian particularly this happened in 1881. There were pogroms, and the Goyim didn't let the, these assimilated Jews be part of Goyish society. So now they figured, all right, what's the solution? They had a problem. They didn't want to be Jews, and the Goyim wouldn't let them be Goyim. So what are they going to do? So this was their solution. Their solution was Zionism. Zionism is, they said, that, yeah, the reason why people hate the Jews, even assimilated Jews, because we're still Jews. We've we, we got to become different. We've got to change our characters. We've got to change our image in the eyes of the Goyim. The Goyim still look at us like, I know, and even assimilated Jews, they associate us with the other Jews. The Jews will be a nationality. We're not going to be... A, a, now, we're, we're going to be uh, there are those that said we got to be a race. Jews are a race, even though they're Jews that are 
white Jews, black Jews, Chinese Jews, right? It's Akasha. Akasha. The Jew, Jabotinsky said, he was from the, the Arba Ovois, we can call him, of the Zionists. He's one of the Ovois of the Zionists. What? Very good. The Arba Ovois and the Zikin, exactly. It's very good. They're also the Arba Minim. And he, he said, Jews are a race. And there was big fights amongst these people. What are we, what, what, what are we going to make the Jews? Certainly they didn't believe that Hashem gave the Torah on Harsina and therefore we became Jews. But they were forced into having a Jewish identity by the Goyim. So what is this? What is this Jewish identity? We've got to change it. We've got to change our character. These Meshuggah Jews, they believe that God gave them the Torah and Harsina. That's what makes them Jews. No, no, no. We're going to be a nationality. And in those days, nationalism became a big thing. In the olden days, you, you didn't look at yourself as, as an Englishman, an American, a Frenchman. Yeah, you were a Frenchman, but what that meant was you had a king and you were, you, you were the king's loyal subject. You were his pawn. Now, there was this thing, can't go into it now, you can read the book, you see how it, uh, the evolution of it, but there's such thing, nationalism, where a person's identity was his umo, his nation. He was an Englishman. He's going to fight for England. He's going to die for England. The English flag. He's going to die for Meshuganazah. It's like a religion. And, and even in America, you know, you, you can't throw out a flag. There's all sorts of rules. It's like a, a religion, Azah, but without a Rabbi Shalalem. It's some kind of mystical, romantic shita. We're going to die for your country. You, you die for your flag. You... you that's what the Jews are. That's what we're going to make them. As Yosef Chaim Brenner, Yamach Shemoya, Zionist, um, early Zionist um, personality, a big shot Zionist, he said, in order to change our character, we have to get a country. But in order to get a country, we have to change our character. Here was the problem. First of all, the Jews weren't interested in being a nationality. They were Mamlachas Kodesh, the Friar. They were interested, but they had to get all of the Jews on board. Even amongst the Friar, Rav were not interested. There were those who were, but not uh, a lot weren't. So here's what we do. We have to educate the Jews and explain to them in history books, when we write history books, when we teach the kids in this, this, uh, the Chedorim, when we teach them in the schools, when we write newspapers, newspapers, magazines, be mashpia, be inf- influence them, make them think of themselves as a nationality. Like there's the French, there's the Germans, there's the, the Spanish, and there's the Jews. It doesn't matter they don't have a country yet, they'll get one. But there are country uh, nationalities without countries, like the Kurds, for example. Now, the problem is, even the, the Kurds, they're, they're these nationalities, even if they don't have a country, they still have national equipment. They have a flag, they got a national anthem, they got a language. Jews don't have a language. The Ashkenazi Jews spoke Yiddish, the Sephardi Jews spoke whatever language they spoke, right? Ladino or Arabic or whatever it was, so on and so forth. So the Zionists said, no, 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 we have to transform the Jews. We'll give them a language, Ivrit. They invented Ivrit. Ivrit existed before the Medina. And the reason Ivrit was invented was, they said, Chlor, in or because you can't have an Am without a Loshan. Now, there are many uh, countries where they don't speak one language. In Belgium, they speak a bunch of languages, you know, and uh, many lang- uh, countries even more than that, but, but not for the Jews, because Belgium, they looked at themselves like, uh, you know, from Belgium. But the Jews, they wanted to knock into their head, you are a nationality. And the Jews didn't have any national equipment. They didn't have a culture. They didn't have anything. So they started teaching them that the Jews were always a nationality. And even when the Jews had a Beis HaMikdash, uh, the, the, the Iker of the Jews was the Am. And we were always wanted to go back to Eretz Yisrael, not Mashiach, Mashiach. No, we wanted political self-determination. And we were looking to go back to our land. And our land is to the Jews what France is to the French. And our language is like French is to the French. And, and these are the things, part of our Jewish identity. And they wrote history books, Gretz wrote history books. And the history of the Jews starts with the Jew, with Yeshua, with the Jews going into Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael became not, what, what's Eretz Yisrael? Eretz Yisrael is a Mokam Kodesh, a tool for Avodah Hashem. No, Eretz Yisrael is going to be your country, your homeland. You know what a homeland is? The word 
was created a few centuries ago. It means there's a connection to a people's place where they were born. So the French were born in French, that's their, and the Jews, they were born in Eretz Yisrael, not on Har Sinai, in Eretz Yisrael. In fact, in the Israeli Declaration of Independence, they don't have a constitution, they have a Declaration of Independence. In the first paragraph, it said, here the nation was born. No, we were born on Har Sinai, but no, that's not it. You were born in that land, and that's your homeland. Like the Kurds want a land, and the French have their land, and you're connected to the land, not the Kedusha of the land. We're going to learn in the yeshivas, even, about the mountains in Eretz Yisro, and the flowers, and the things that grow in Eretz Yisro. We call Yediyas Haaretz. You know what that's like? That's like if you say the Chofetz Chaim, right? You want to learn about the Chofetz Chaim. So what's important to know about the Chofetz Chaim? His Torahs, his Tzidkis. No, no, we want to know what color eyes the Chofetz Chaim had. Did anybody here know what color eyes the Chofetz Chaim had? I have no idea. Did anybody care? Does anybody care what color hair he had, if he was a righty or a lefty? No, no, no. That's Eretz Yisrael is the same thing. There's the, there's the part of Eretz Yisrael we're interested in. That's the Kedush of Eretz Yisrael, the mitzvahs of Eretz Yisrael. And then there's the stuff that is not important. No, no, that's the Iker. That, it's a land, the same way that a Goy has a connection, a German has a romantic connection with his land. The Jews have the same connection, but in a different location. We're going to give them an attitude, and this attitude is going to change their personalities. Because whereas a Mamlechus Kaihanim V'Goy Kodosh is interested in certain things, a nationality is different than other, and other is interested in other things. Why are they interested in nationality? They're interested in winning Olympic games, having a strong army, inventing things. They're going to be proud of that. Jews are never proud of these kind of things. Fakert, you have a guy like Albert Einstein, Sashod. He would have been able to be a Talmud Chochem had he put his head to something useful. But these guys... No, the Jews are now going to be proud. In all the Jewish newspapers, they're going to say that uh, the Jews, Jews are going to have a baseball team or something. They're going to win an Olympic medal, and then all the Jews are going to be proud. They're going to have a strong army. We have, we're stronger than the Spanish, and we have planes, and we invented more technology than somebody else. That's what Jews are going to be proud of. And guess what? Before you know they're going to change their personality. And before you know it, they're going to start realizing that defending themselves against the going, what mishigas with Torah, with this, with that. No, 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 no. They're going to be like everybody else. We're going to have a nation. We're going to have a people. We're going to have an army. We're going to have a strong army. We're going to be proud of the army. We're going to be strong of the army. And of course, the religion, you want the religion, all right, fine. There's a God fights the army and they'll shoot a gun. It's going to be a nest. The, 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 the gun's going to, the, the bullet's going to turn the corner on its own, and everybody's going to sing what big nisim there were. And, and, and this, is, this is Zionism. This is what it is. It's a, a, it's a plan to change the Ashkabur. Chaim Briska said that it's the most successful of all the Shemads because they knew exactly where to shoot their arrows. You see, there's a difference between Zionism and, and all the other Shemads that ever existed, all the other Shemads that ever existed. They wanted the Jews to, be, to stop being Jews. Be worse Jews. Be over on the Torah. Be over on you. Be Christians, right? The Christians, be Christians or we'll, we'll kill you. Um, uh, worship this, avoid the Zorro, we'll kill you. The Zionists, no, no, no. Be Jews. But let me tell you what it is to be. Be proud Jews. Don't be a guy. Be a Jew. But I'll tell you what it is to be a Jew. Be proud. You have to have stuff to be proud of. You have to be better than the guy and stronger than the guy and equal to the guy and we're going to be proud Jews. Number two, there are other ways that they changed. They're different than everything else. Reb Chaim said, he didn't explain what he meant exactly. He said they knew exactly where to shoot their arrows. But if you study it, you'll see that they did it with such chokhmah. Chokhmah, it's a siyua of the satan. The Briskarov said that when they made the Medina, that there hasn't been such a success for the satan since the eagle. It was a siyua of the satan. And the whole Tachlis of the whole thing was only to change the Midas and the Hashkafas of Klal Yisrael to what you have today. And all it means, Zionism, is that you can, have, you can be a Jew without Kabbalah Satayr. Another way that it was different than everything else, all the other Shmads, is that all the other Shmads, they had a certain ideology, 
And they wanted the Jews to follow the ideology. If they're Oiv de Avoy de Zohar, they wanted the Jews to be the Oiv de Avoy de Zohar. Christians wanted Jews to be Christians. Even the Maskilim wanted the Jews to become Maskilim because they believed in Haskalah. The Zionists, not shot, they believed in Zionism. They didn't care about Zionism. It wasn't a, 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 a kumvase. It was a surmeira. What they wanted was, how could we best change Klal Yisrael and make them normal? They didn't care what the answer would be. If the answer would be assimilation, be assimilation. If the answer would be selling uh, shoes, uh, make Jews sell shoes. What could we do to change the personalities of Klal Yisrael, to make them proud of winning Olympic Games? Uh, Jews won an Olympic game. This Jew won an Olympic game. We'll put him in a magazine. It'll be th- th- a mole. If a Yid was from, he belongs in a magazine. He did a tzidkus, he belongs in a magazine. A fryer guy, because well, he has muscles, he wins an Olympic. You're going to put a guy like that in a, fr- in a Jewish thing? Well, I'm a sugar and mice is that. You know? But no, no, no. And that's going to be, how do, we, how do we get the Jews to do that? How? However the answer is, that was Zionism was. They didn't care for any ideology. They cared only for one thing, change Klal Yisrael. So they, they whereas the, the Christians, let's say, said, no, we want the Jews to be Christians because they, believe, they didn't believe in Zionism. They believed in changing the Jews. And so they tailored, they said, how could we best change the Jews? They didn't care what the terrorists would be. That's why they didn't take Uganda, the Uganda plan and other things. Because they, they figured, Herzl said this, the marketing for Eretz Yisroel, you're able to take Klal Yisroel's cheshik for Eretz Yisroel this and just change it a drop from Ruchnius, from Kedusha, to politics, to Gashmius, to this, this other type of romantic feeling that pagans have for their land. What is the distance between what Klal Yisroel feels for Eretz Yisroel, really the Kedusha, and what a pagan feels? Well, in MS, the MS is, it's billions of miles away. But if you just massage the Hargoshes a bit and you give the right chinuch, it's very easy, it was very easy, to convince the Jews that this is religious Yiddish feelings towards Eretz Yisrael, the same type of thing that the pagan has towards his land, you're going to die for the land, and your national symbols you're going to have, whereas we have mitzvahs, they have national symbols, a flag. Kali Yisrael never had a flag because we weren't a nation. Kalisrael had a flag. You know what our tziyunim are? Tzitzes, tefillin. That was our flag, our Yiddishkeit. No, you need a flag. Herzl said, the way to do it is, forget about logic, this. No, no. People will die for a flag. Give them a song. Give them a flag. He said German nationalism was uh, all built on golden red confetti. Give them emotions and this and, and make them emotional about it and this and, and, and but you understand all the time you're going to tell them it's about being a Yid. You see the plan. You see what they did. Now, w- how bad is this? What's the effect? So this whole thing, all the G'daylam said at the time, nationalism is avoid zora. You don't have to bow to anything. The idea a person has in his head that Klal Yisrael is something other than, or in addition to, an arm put together by Torah, that's Avodah Geendikt. You don't need anything more. You don't need a getchka. That's Avodah I always say, you know, Yisrael Vairais of a Kutshabrichu Chadhu. The old Oivde Avodah made a different Rabbinish They made a getchka. The Christians made another Torah. They made a New Testament. The Zionists made a new Klal Yisrael. But if you change Yisrael Vairaisa Kutshabrihu into something that it's not, or something in addition to what it is, that's Mamish Avoidazara. Rebel Khonan says it, the Rebruving Grzovsky in Boyzman, the big problem with Zionism, even without you're not talking about any individual Hashkafis over here, the idea that the Jews are a nationality, or that they're Torah and a nationality, or that they're connected to each other in ways besides the Torah is Mamish Avoidazara. End of story. And if you're from, so that's Shittuf. You're from Oivar Avoidazara. Simple Pshutoi Kamashmoi. Now, at this point, do we have any questions? Beautiful. Is this yes or no? Okay, you can wait. Don't worry about it. We're very informal over here.
Rabbi Chaim Briska said, when they told him that he shouldn't worry, he doesn't think, they don't think that the Zionists are going to end up getting a Medina. It was very iffy for a very long time. He said it doesn't matter, they won. They won because they convinced Klal Yisrael that they're a nationality, that they're a nation. Now when you read Rav Shach, what he says, that uh, we're equal to everybody else with this, we have a Mahal, we understand exactly what he's talking about. And this is how it came about. In order to change the Jews, and by the way, they figured that this is why there's anti-Semitism. The reason why there's anti-Semitism is because Kali is so disgusting. So of course Goyim are going to hate them. But once Zionism gets off the ground, nobody's going to hate the Jews anymore. The last page in Herzl's book, The Jewish State, says as soon as the Jews, uh, Zionism gets off the ground, anti-Semitism will disappear. Leo Pinsker, who was a Zionist a bit before Herzl, he said once the Jews get a country, anti-Semitism will disappear. That was the whole idea. Once the Jews become normal, no reason to hate them anymore. Didn't work out, did it? It was just the opposite. Then, like all of Oedizor, it's Poshet Tzura, Voloivish Tzura. They changed. No, anti-Semitism is different. They hate us now. They hate Israel. That's why, cause, only because they're anti-Semites. And Reb Chaim also said that it's not the Pshat they want to shmad the Jews in order to make a Medina. They want to make a Medina in order to shmad the Jews. I mean, Zionism started really in 1948. Even though before that, they had a language, they had a uh, flag. But the Medina, once they have that, that's a tangible thing that they call it the Jewish state, the nation state of all Jews. Any Jew that thinks that he has a connection with some country in the Middle East because he's Jewish, like it's his country, what connection does an American or a Spanish or a Chinese Jew have with some country in the Middle East? Israel is different than all countries in the world. All countries in the world are the country of their citizens. Meaning, uh, Italy is the country of the, the Italian citizens. Maybe people who used to be Italian citizens, maybe they get you know, alumni uh, privileges or something. But Israel is not that way. Israel is the country, this is their law, of the Jews. That means two things. If you're an Israeli citizen and you're not Jewish, Israel's not your country. You have civil rights, you don't have national rights. Which means that in Italy, how do you become an Italian? Well, let's say you move to Italy. And you're there for X amount of dairis. And you're a loyal Italian. You eat the food. You live there. You fight in the Italian army. You're an Italian eventually, right? That's how, how do we become Americans? Same thing. But in Israel, if you're a guy and you go there, you can be there for 20 dollars, fight in the army 20 dollars, and it's still not your country. Whose country is it? It's my country. I'm Jewish. I'm an American citizen. And Israel is my country, even though I never lived there. I don't plan on living there. It doesn't matter. It's not the country of its citizens. It's the country of the Jews. The goal is to change Jewish identity from a Jew to being an Israeli national. If you're against Israel, that means you're, the, you're an anti-Semite. That means you're against the Jews. If you're for Israel, even if you hate Jews, you're okay. Here's the formula. And this formula is across the board by all the big Zionists. Netanyahu wrote in his book, Benjamin Netanyahu, former prime minister, why is it that, is it possible, he said, for uh, somebody who's against Israel to, uh, not to be an anti-Semite? He says, no, of course not. You know why? Just like you can't be against France, the existence of France, and still say you're for the French people, or against the existence of Italy and say you're for the Italian people, you can't be against Israel and say you're for the Jewish people. You see, really... If this, without Zionism, the ideology of Zionism, which proliferate, which is proliferated all over the Jewish community today, the formula would be, it, Italy is to the Italians, what France is to the French, what Israel is to the Israelis. Besides, by the way, it's not true. The whole cheshbin is not true. You could be against a country's existence and before the people of the country. I remember I was against the existence of the Soviet Union, Soviet Russia, but I had nothing against the people. Uh, I don't know if anybody's against the people in North Korea, the citizens, but I'm sure many people would like North Korea not to exist. One has nothing to do with the other. But Naniach, that uh, Hanacha, the formula is not that 
is Israel is to the Jews what France is to the French. That's Zionism. Without Zionism, Israel is to the Israelis what France is to the French, what Japan is to the Japanese. No. With Zionism, Israel is to the Jews. And it's not only him. Avigdor Lieberman said the same thing. What's the definition of a Jewish state? Jewish state is Israel is to the Jews what France is to the French. And don't think it's only those guys, the, the, uh, the right wing, the Yair Lapid. They asked him in an interview, uh, do you think that it's possible to be against Israel and not be an anti-Semite? He said, no, Israel is the uh, essence of the Jewish spirit, the embodiment of the Jewish spirit. Israel is the Jews, not the Jews of the Jews, not Klaten, forget the Torah, but even the Yidden aren't the Israel is the Jews. And the more a Yid feels a connection as a Yid to uh, some country, to something other than the Torah, that's mamish, it's a chsarnin like Yichr Hashem, it's mamish avoid zara. And uh, not only that, but uh, I saw an article from Danny Ayalon, one of the ambassadors, that he said when dignitaries come to Israel, he explains to them what a Jew is. He says a Jew is to Israel what a Frenchman is to France. Did you hear this? And this is, Bisman has this is today. But the idea is to get Klal Yisrael, to get the Jews to look at themselves as connected to each other and to a country. We have a common country. We got a flag. And to relate to it the way French people look at the French flag. The Jews should look at the Israeli flag like that. And that they should look at this Israel as their country. And you have to understand that this itself is anti-Semitism. When, when they say that France is to the French what Israel is to the Jews, they're not talking about Jews who live in Israel, right? They're talking about Jews who live in France. So France is comprised of Jews and non-Jews. The non-Jews, their country is France, but the Jews in France, their country is Israel. They tell everybody in the world, we Americans, America is not our country, Israel's our country. Do you understand how anti-Semitic that is? Uh, the today's uh, prime minister said, about Netanyahu when he was prime minister, Netanyahu has to understand that he's not just prime minister of the Israel, he's prime minister of all the Jews. And Netanyahu came here to America in Congress and he said he's here representing not only the Israeli citizens and not only people that vote him, but all the Jews all over the world. They claim always to represent the Jews. That's, what, that's Zionism. The difference between Israel is a regular country versus Zionism, which is an ideology, is this. If Israel would be a regular country, we could talk about uh, an Israel to make a Jewish country before Mashiach comes and all of these things, but you don't even have to go there yet. Israel's not a regular country. Israel's a country based on the religion, we'll call it, of Zionism, or the ideology of Zionism, which says that there are these people all over the world, in America, in Canada, in Mexico, in England, who are Jews. Why? Because they're born Jewish. They don't even know why, by the way. In Israeli law, if you ask somebody what makes a Jew, I'll tell you what the law is. It's not, the, not what the halacha is. But they're, they're these Jews. Israel's their country, not the country they live in. Israel, and Netanyahu's, their, now Naftali Bennett is their prime minister. In fact, he was interviewed in a Jewish magazine, Naftali Bennett, and he said, and by the way, I know this, that he wants very much to make himself like the prime minister of all the Jews, because that's what Zionism is. Zionism says that the Jews are united that Am Yisrael has a connection with a country, a land, a culture, a language, and loyalty to those things mean you have a mile in your being a Jew. Uh, if you're against those things, you have a chesorin, not in your political view, in your Yiddish, in your being Jewish, your Jewish identity. It's not the pshat like there's Republicans, Democrats, different political views, there's liberals, there's conservatives. No, 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 no. If uh, there's somebody against Israel, it, that, that's it. he's against the Jews. And if there's a Jew against Israel, he's a traitor to the Jewish people. That's what Zionism is. So now the question still is, what happened in 60 years? How were they so successful? Well, first, Reb Chaim said, Reb Chaim said that they knew exactly where to shoot their arrows, right? But... It's also that they shot an incredible amount of arrows. Wherever you go, the propaganda is. You ever in Yushalayim? Okay. Most of the streets in Yushalayim are named after Jewish personalities. A lot of them are Apikorsim, right? There's Herzl Streets and uh, Jabotinsky Streets and stuff, but they're Jewish people from the Nevi'im down. Do you know that there's no Moshe Rabbeinu Street anywhere in Yushalayim? 
there's no Avram Avinu Street, Yitzhak Avinu Street, or Yaakov Avinu Street. Remember what I said that Gretz started his history of the Jews when the Jews went into Eretz Yisrael with Yeshua? The streets in Yushalayim start being named after Jewish personalities since Bin Nun Street. Yeshua, and even the sh when they have Shvatim, Ruven Shimon Levi, if you look at the blue plaque at the corner, it doesn't say children of Yaakov, it says Echad Mishiv Te Yisrael. Now there is a neighborhood I found I, where they have one, one little neighborhood with the Imois, just the Imois, Sarif Garochaleya Street. But uh, that's an exception for that particular neighborhood. Uh, Jewish history starts with the Jews going to Eretz As the Israeli Declaration of Independence says, here the Jews were born. You ever went, you ever had Hanukkah decorations in your house? What color were they? All the Hanukkah decorations, you go into Macy's, some department store in December, so there's the Chogah decorations and there's the Hanukkah decorations. The Chogah decorations always the same color patterns, green and red for whatever reason. And the Hanukkah decoration is only blue and white. Can anybody tell me what blue and white has to do with Hanukkah? That's the Israeli flag, and that's done on purpose. Because see, part of what they did was, there are no Jewish yomim toivim. That one of the things is that Jews are not warriors. David HaMelech could not build the base HaMikdash because he fought wars, even though all his wars were Al-Pidin. Jews don't like war. We don't like killing people. We don't like fighting wars. It's your No, but they wanted that Jews are fighters, so Hanukkah became a big thing by them. Bar Kochba, which was a disaster for Klal Yisrael, resulted in more deaths than anything in history except for World War II of the Jews, is a big hero by them. And the, the last paragraph, I mentioned the last page of Herzl's book, the last paragraph says that the Jews are going to rise up again like the Maccabees. The Maccabees fought. This is their, their national heroes of the Zionists. They fought for, for the Jewish people, for national independence, just like the Israeli army. They're the Maccabees of today. And this is a theme that goes all throughout Zionism. They changed Jewish history, even from places. Lag Boimer, you know in Israel what Lag Boimer is, how Lag Boimer is celebrated, what Lag Boimer means? Rabbi Akiva's Talmidim, meh. It was a victory of Bar Kochba. And the arrows represent, the art scroll uh, had this in one of their books. Not that it was true, but in one of the books they, they, they recorded that somebody had mentioned the way they celebrated Lag Boimer in, in some European places. And in, in, I've seen in Sforim this, and there's no mocker for this idea. And they, by the way, they forged a, an Eitz Yosef, I believe it is, in the Medrash Rabbah, to throw in the idea that Rabbi Akiva's Talmidim died, the 24,000 Talmidim died, in the Bar Kochba War. No, it's, it's, they, this, this whole thing is to make the Jews look at their heritage. Yeah, we fight the Goyim and we defend ourselves, even though we know that Hanukkah was, why, why by Hanukkah did we fight and not by Purim? Everybody knows the Teretz, because the rule is that when the Goyim want to attack our guf, so we pray to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, like on Purim. But when they want to attack, our, when they attack the Torah, then we go to war. Only for Shemad. But no, no, that's only for national independence. I'll give you some examples of what's happened, Bisman Hazer. Anybody that thinks, and I've heard this from so many people, Rav Shach says in one of his letters, that for land, even the Kaisel, and I'll tell you soon in a moment, Shtikl uh, Torah about the Beis HaMikdash. It's worth going to war, because your land, your Kaisel. It's a Meshuganazach, according to the Torah. In Golos, you crazy? Rav Shach says like this. He says, we can't trust the Freya to make peace. Who says they want to make peace? Maybe they want wars. He says, they don't care about their own life. You think they're going to care about somebody else's life? He says, their hashkafa is like the goyim. Ki hashkafosan hi hashkafas kachol goyim beis Yisrael. Be'emes lefi derech ha'chayim shalahem. Ein dover ha'mavdil be'nom le'bein sharhu umois. Ve'ein lismach ha'lehem she'inatzlu eskol ha'efshorius she'yishnom v'shalayasu shum dover shal his gores bu'umois ha'olam. We can't trust them not to provoke and antagonize the goyim into wars. Umam oid mitzar, and then he says other things that are bad. Then he says like this. 
They don't know Torah, they don't know Hashkafa, they don't know how Kali Yisrael protects themselves. So, how do we know that when they say they have to go to war, we can trust them? When you say we, Rav Shach is saying we because he lives in Eretz Yisrael. Uh, who says we, we can't trust them? Who says that they say to go to war? So it's like living in China. The Chinese government says to go to war, you're going to trust them. Uh, and we should not speak uh, very haughtily. We can't trust them not to provoke. The settlements prove it. This is arrogant provocation against the Goyim. This comes from the fundamental toys of the Zionists. All the source that we had is only because we were not independent, we didn't have a country. We're equal to everybody. We have the same rights as all other countries and all other people. If we're going to appear more strong and we're going to stand on our opinion, they'll give in. Even though there are many people who believe such things, this is fakert from what Chazal we have to be very careful what Goyim suffer because of us. Any indirect suffering, gas prices go up, that was going on then. Now he mentions another thing. Now whenever Israel gets into trouble, anti-Semitism goes up all over the world. Because if people think, and why shouldn't they? This is what the Zionists tell them. Israel is to the Jews what France is to the French. So here's the formula. If you have, if France gets into a, a war with Afghanistan, so Afghanistanis are going to be angry at the French, right? If Japan bombs America, America is going to be angry at the Japanese. If Israel gets into a fight with somebody, that somebody's going to be angry not at the Israelis, at the Jews all over the world. When the uh, virus came, so there are people who beat up Chinese people in Chinatown, in New York. Now, of course, that's wrong. There's criminals. What do the Chinese people have to do with a virus that came from China? But nobody in their right mind, even criminals, even bad people, are going to beat up Irish because of the Chinese virus. That's insane. Yet, people do blame Jews, not Israelis, for when Israel gets into controversies even though we have as much to do with what Israel does as the Irish do. But it's not true. Those people who beat up Chinese because of a Chinese virus would beat up Jews because of an Israeli virus. But let them beat up Israelis. It's wrong also, but at least it's, it's, it's wrong, but it's, you know, uh, criminals do that. No criminal would beat up uh, Irish because of a Chinese virus. But that's what happens when Zionists say that uh, they fly Israeli flags in the United States of America, and Israel says they're the Jewish state. And that's what Rav Shach says. Pirshu. He brings a medrash. Guess what the medrash is? It's the same as the Chofetz Chaim. Don't stand against Esav. Let's understand this. You know, I was once, I was once um, doing a radio broadcast on, on something and on this topic, and some lady calls up and says, "But Rabbi, if we wouldn't have fought wars, we wouldn't have the Kaisel." So I told her, first of all, you're making a mistake. If we wouldn't have fought wars, we wouldn't need the Kaisel because the Bar Yoinim would not have had gotten the Beis Hamikdash destroyed and we would have a whole Beis Hamikdash still if not for the desire for wars. But secondly, I said, I Mamish don't understand you. You think it's worth fighting a war for a Kaisel? You see, a Kaisel has Kedusha. What they did was they changed it into a national symbol. And national symbols, you die for your national symbols. I said to her, if... A thousand Hatzalah workers 
would be Mechal Shabbos a thousand times each if there's a 1% chance that by doing so they could save somebody from dying, right? Tell me, is it worth having people killed and going to war for a koisel? Is it the Reis or the Rabbonon? Is it Yehorg V'Aliyavah? What are we talking about? And now let me tell you this. It became so, what the Zionists did was they created, first of all, this nationality, this national patriotism to this fake, synthetic Jewish nationality. That, and, and on top of that, it's a whole other schmooze about how they convince people that Israel's the only thing that, like Rav Shach said, saves you from holocausts and Hitler and this. And, and if you do anything against uh, what Israel wants, you're endangering the Jews. So that now you, you deserve to be opposed and to be violently put down because you're, you're endangering Gans Klal Yisrael. Rav Schwab told me a story of Shimon Schwab. He said a vort in his Kehila once. It's a good vort. He was the Vort, by Hanukkah. So it says, um, in the Alhanisim, there was a Shmad, uh, and then the Jews came and they made a war. And afterwards, right? Okay. Why does it say the words Viachakain? Let it just say, It's one story. Why divide it with V'yachakim? So he said like this, the pshat is, we should not chas think that the reason the Jews went to war in Hanukkah is because the Goyim took the base, the Greeks took the base HaMikdosh. We would never go to war to recapture the base HaMikdosh. Is it din, pikuach nefesh, that Yehorg V'alyava, that it's worth having somebody die for a base HaMikdosh? One Jewish neshama is worth more than the whole Beis HaMikdash. Only for Shmad we go to war. So, there was a war for that. Stop. The war's over. Only when there was no more war and it was safe. So, that's not the end of the story. You know, Hanukkah, when he said this vote comes out in the season it comes out in at the same season as a Goyesha holiday, which we mentioned before. He received in the mail a Christmas card that said on the cover to our dear friend Rav Schwab. He opens it up, says, from your dear friends, and had like three Arab terrorists. Let's say Yasser Arafat, Saddam Hussein, whatever it was. He's, it, how dare you say, they were telling him, you're, you're an Arab supporter, you're supporting Hamas. How dare you say that you shouldn't fight for a base Hamikdash? Jews don't go to war. Uh, uh, do you understand how sick that is according to Zionist ideology, such an idea that Rav Schwab expressed? And, and if you're not a Zionist, that means you're a supporter of Hamas. Sure, well, a lot of men in daily Israel, something Rebbe was always accused of supporting Arabs. Like killing Jews and stuff like that. He had a vort. He said, says, So this is called, is called Birkas Haminim, the Klola for the Apikorsim. The problem is, if it's a Klola for Minim, why is it starting with Malshinim? Malshinim are uh, moisers. So he said, the Pshah is like this. It was a joke. He said, there's a problem because anybody that curses the Apikorsim, the Tzioinim, they're Malshin on him. They say he's, he, he wants, he, he's, he's supporting Hamas. How dare you say Apikarsim are bad? You're supporting Hamas. You want Jews to be killed and everything. So it's a big Nisayan for people that want to stick up for Yiddishkeit because of these Malshinim. So when, before we say Birkas Haminim, we have a Hakdom of the Malshinim al-Tihisik. We'll first get rid of the Malshinim, and now the path is cleared to curse the Minim. But this is what happened to somebody like Rav Schwab. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's mamish funny. But this, and there, there's a heter that people have. Not only heter, it's a mitzvah they consider to be a kanoyim in mechutzofim for anybody that chas v'sholem is mavaza Zionism or the Zionist state. Now, you, you know why? Because you know that Zionism was created to replace the Torah, but not just wave the Israeli flag instead of putting on tefillin. This kanoyus that you'll see somebody show if somebody's mavaza has shown the Israeli flag, or he'll say something against uh, Zionism, that kanois belongs to the Torah. These people won't get upset if you tell them evolution is true, 
Zayamishuginu, he thinks evolution is true. But if you say something against Zionism, so Mamish, they get all upset. This is why. And, and this belongs to the Torah, this Kanoyas. And instead of the Torah, it replaced it. And now Zionism owned, Zionism became the Bailam on this. That Yid, that Fruma Yidin should feel like this. What should Fruma Yidin feel this? Um, this indignation over. Somebody insults the Torah. But they don't. They feel if somebody insults Israel. Insult Israel. And this is why in Rav Shach's days, 30 years ago, more than 30 years ago, Talmidei Chacham and Sadiqim don't know this. It's not just the propaganda. It's more than the propaganda. He said nobody's allowed to say anything against it because if you do, then you're an anti-Semite. If you're a Jew or a guy, you're an anti-Semite and you're a Sine Yisrael and you're putting Jews in danger. And who wants this? Somebody asked Rav Vigda in one of the question answer things, why uh, more Rabbonim don't speak up against Zionism like the Satmar Rebbe does. That was the question. So he says, not everybody has the courage or the willingness to be subjected to public opprobrium. Those are his words, opprobrium. And if you have a yeshiva to run or you're a Rebbe, uh, you may or may not know this. You probably do. He does. If you try to mention something in class to your Rebbe about this or again to talk about it, there's such a volatile subject that it, it's not like a schmooze about a chveisvos if, um, I know, uh, on Geirim or whatever other topic uh, you guys were talking about because it, it, just blows, it just blows the entire day out of the water. And people just aren't, you can't run a yeshiva like that anymore. You can't even talk about it. Look what happened to Rav Schwab when he said a vart, an innocent vart. It was a good vart to his kehillah. And, and by the Yekis, they have a real kehillah. It's not like, you know, random shul with people from all over the world. This is Rav Schwab in, Schwab in Washington Heights. Could you imagine? So who has a chance? And because this is part of the this is part of the the Misa Sutton, because no one's allowed to talk about it, so nobody hears about it. But now, because you don't hear about it, so nothing to hear about. Must be there's nothing to talk about. And in Rav Shach's days, again, thirty years ago, they already Talmidei Chacham. Though these Talmidei Chacham in Rabbonim become Rabbonim because they already don't know. Right? It was sixty years since the seventy-five years, let's say, from the Chafetz Chaim. They don't know, and they're the Rabbonim. They're the Talmidei Chacham. They're the Rabbeim. If they don't know, who, how are they going to teach? And those that do know, what do they need this for? So we have Mamish. It's like the Briskarov said, that this country that was created, that was, the Sultan had not had success since the eagle like that. Rabbi David Soloveitchik said, and then we'll conclude with this, if you want to know what the eagle was like, we sometimes wonder, Yidin went out of Mitzrayim. They heard, they saw right? Moshe Rabbeinu taught them Torah. Um, it was before Kabbalah's Torah, but you know, he, he took them out of Mitzrayim. They, uh, they had yeshivas then too. And um, suddenly there's the eagle. How does that make any sense? So David Soloveitchik said, look at Zionism today and you'll understand. Is any sense more sensible? It's my, it, that's all it is. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. We didn't even get into any of the details yet, or uh, most of the hashkafis, or the whole idea of the shalashvus, which, by the way, Rabbeinu Bechai says that when you, uh, Yaakov bowed to Esau and he didn't want to make war with him, that was cause of the shalashvus. This is all part of the same thing. We didn't even get into any of that yet. We don't need to. This is literally basic Yiddishkeit, not to be an oivir avoy Any questions at this point?